Hello, Athlete Nation, and welcome back to the Money Minded Athlete Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Pullins, and on this show, we are going to be talking to the high school, the college, the young professional athlete, educating and inspiring them to be better with their money, to make more money, to have better financial IQ, to have better business understanding, sales, marketing, advertising, copywriting, whatever it is, whatever industry it is, real estate, fitness, insurance, it doesn't matter what you want to do. We're going to help you figure that out. We are going to be I'm going to be interviewing some of the greatest minds in the world on all the topics I just mentioned to you. They're going to be coming from athletic backgrounds, and they're going to know how you are struggling with what you're struggling with and how you can overcome these struggles. I'm very excited to present today's guest, Mr. Thomas Bland. He is a good friend of mine. We went to college together back in Friends University in Wichita. He was on the basketball team. I was on the baseball team. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But Thomas is a world-class dude. He is a follower of Christ. He's a father and a husband, first and foremost. And he's an entrepreneur. He has his own car lot in Wichita, Kansas. And he has also sold his own laundromat. So he is running some things over there. And in this episode, we are going to talk about the conundrum and the terrible beast that is unfortunately college and how athletes have to go through it, but how you can prepare yourself one for college if you're in high school and two, how you can really start to take advantage of college. If you're already a college athlete, because if you want to play at that professional level, you know, playing at a D one school at a college is doesn't matter if it's D one or not, it's, it's pretty much unavoidable. And we're going to talk about how, the man and the system and everything related around college athletics, you know, the system around it is corrupted, but how you can go about it the right way, have the right mindset around it and really use it to your fullest advantage and make sure you are maximizing your time there. So let's get right into today's episode. Hey everybody and welcome back. Excited to have on Mr. Thomas Bland. How are you today, sir? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. How are you? Hey, I am very well, man. I'm I'm excited about this. So for those of y'all who don't know, um, Thomas and I actually went to college together. He's on the basketball team, uh, one of the stars on the team and always, you know, seeing him around. We weren't always, uh, you know, the closest of friends, but we definitely hung out from time to time. And what I could could scope out from him was definitely a, a strong personality, great communicator, and just overall talented and aspiring individual. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to get him on this show to to educate y'all on on how we you know how we got to where he's at, what he's doing now, and and we we do have some exciting topics to talk about today. So um, you know, Thomas, let me just ask you you know just a little background on yourself for those of you for those listening who don't really know you. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I, I do want to thank you for the compliments. Uh, those do mean a lot. Um, I'm from Wichita, Kansas, uh, born and raised. Um, stayed there pretty much my whole life. Uh, stayed in Oklahoma City for a couple of years, but mainly it's been Wichita. Um, starting out, I just lived a really normal life. Nothing super special. Um, mom wasn't too good with money. Dad wasn't too good with money. Uh, mom had money, just wasn't good with it. So 
You know, I just mm-hmm. kind of followed in her footsteps of, of working. And my first job was uh, Church's Chicken. I worked there about 15 okay. and a half and worked there for a year. And then um, I just moved into waiting tables um, at Carlos O'Kelly's for about mm-hmm. a year. And then I moved into waiting tables at On the Border. And I was there pretty much all throughout college mm-hmm. until right after we graduated. That's when I started to make moves to get into the car business. So um, even throughout that time, though, I was always, you know, buying and selling something. Um, I started with shoes mm-hmm. uh, back in middle school. I started with candy. Um, I went to Dollar General and got, you know, Starburst for 10 cents, took them back to school, selling them for, <laughs> selling them for a dollar and just basically just making yeah. lunch money. Um, my, yeah. my older brother, he's 18 years older than me. It's kind of mm-hmm. where I first saw business taking place. He, uh, back in about Oh three, you know, when burning CDs was really popular, burning CDs and DVDs before yep. we yep. had too yep. much of this technology. Uh, if you wanted to get the new DVD or the new CD, you had to go to what we called the bootleg man. Um, and, <laughs> and that happened to be my brother. So I, I spent the yeah. summer down there with him and, and kind of saw him and how he got to it. And crazy thing about it is dude was making like $3,000 a weekend. And I started calculating wow. up in my head and was like, okay, <laughs> this, this seems like, you know, more money than where he's going to go work at. And mm-hmm. that's when I kind of put things into perspective of, Okay, I can, you know, what we were doing, me and him were hanging out playing video games, but still make money this way um, and make a, a large amount of money this way. So mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of following his footsteps of, of, of his, he called it, you know, hustling and, and grinding and, and having a side hustle. And right, I did that all the way until I kind of found mine, which was cars. Yeah, uh, unintentionally, that, that kind of sparked me into to just seeing business on a, you know, 13-year-old level of buy low, sell high, which pretty mm-hmm. much that's all business is. So he kept his overhead low. He, you know, showed me where he got the, the best buy CDs from, uh, showing me the markers that he used. His handwriting sucked, so he had his wife <laughs> write on the CDs, just stuff like that, and yeah. um, showing me how computers work, and he kind of got me into technology uh, early. So he's one of the ones that bought me my first computer and, and helped me get in, get in there. So that was kind of the first start that I saw. And that kind of sparked my interest very, very early and pushed me into where I am doing today. Yeah, that's pretty special to be able to have, not only have a brother like that, but be able to have, you know, a mentor um, on that, on that side of things and somebody who's able, able to inspire you and, you know, not, and educate you to, to get you, to get you moving and thinking about different things. Cause a lot of times, you know, like for me, it was just minimum wage jobs, right? It's like, I work, you know, I work with my dad. I was mowing lawns at, at the college that my mom worked at, you know, in, in Winfield, Kansas, you know, it wasn't me out here. I mean, I did, you know, the lemonade stand and like selling baseball cars, like little stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, you hear but, some of these entrepreneurs out there with those kind of humble backgrounds. All- all of that stuff plays a part mm-hmm. into what is to come later on. So mm-hmm. even if it is just the lemonade stand, even if it is just mowing grass, even if it is doing, you know, selling CDs or, or candy mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it all plays a part later on mm-hmm. until when that 
I don't like to say maturity because I don't think it's really a mature thing, but just when it clicks in the bl- the brain of, mm-hmm. all right, I'm, I can potentially make more money over here versus working for someone else. Mm-hmm. And when that, when that clicks in that brain of, okay, I got to take this risk because everything in business is a risk. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. Yep. It's never any guarantees. If anything was a guarantee, I mean – I'll be on it right now. We wouldn't even be having this conversation because I'll be just making <laughs> that guarantee happen every day. But yeah, seeing that that's it's just when that you know, like when Jimmy Neutron says he got a brain blast. When that happens, <laughs> boom, that's where it clicks. So yeah. you know, it's, every everything does play a part. I was just very fortunate enough to have it in my brother. And the crazy thing about that is, we just had a conversation maybe a year ago about that, and mm-hmm. he didn't even know that he played that much of a role into mm. what I'm doing right now until he listened to another podcast that I did. And he was like, yo, you look up to me like that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, what are you talking about? You didn't but know? he didn't know it was just, you know, just a natural thing for him. Yeah. So that was pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, that is, that's pretty special right there. Yeah. And that's, and, and a hundred percent agree with you on that. You know, it all, it all does play a part looking back on it for sure. But you know, at the time it, it, it wasn't ever something that was I ever oh, second guessed or anything at the time, which, you know, which is how I feel like a lot of these kids are. It's just you're accepting where you're at. You know, you're comfortable with what you're doing and you're like, it is what it is. I just got to do this for now kind of thing. Because maybe they've got not, a little. Yeah. Maybe they got a little entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. We're not taught anything. Else. No. We're taught to go get the hourly paying jobs. My mm-hmm. mom was like, first thing I, was, I want a car. OK, go get a job. Now, my mm-hmm. mom was a hustler also. She was an RN, but she did arts and crafts and went to shows and made mm-hmm. jewelry. She did a, a lot of things, just bad with money. But even sure. in her mind, it was pushing me towards an hourly paying job. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we, we may get that, that little that sense of, you know, the entrepreneur spirit, but who is actually pushing us to do it and mm-hmm. honing in on it and saying, yeah, go try it. Yeah, go do it. it that really doesn't happen. No. no, nobody's, nobody's going to, to really hold you accountable to that, you know, unless yeah. you like hire, you got to, I mean, really you got to hire somebody to, to like accountability coach or a mentor or somebody to, yep. you know, unless yep. you get lucky and get in it on a, you know, find a good opportunity with somebody, you know, like, like somebody who's, you know, works at your lot and is, you know, maybe you're mentoring somebody like that, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be a case by case kind of thing for somebody to really push you like that. It's very, very rare. As, mm-hmm. as I'm learning in business, it's very rare because anybody who usually wants to mentor you, they go, they're going to want, you know, a big piece of what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. usually to mentor, mentor you to be under them. It's not mm-hmm. mentoring you to become the master eventually. It's really mentoring you yeah. to become under them. So, uh, you know, situ- situations just they they're very rare. And even if, even when we do see them, usually a lot of the times we're younger and we don't have the financial capability to mm-hmm. jump on an opportunity. You know, I, I tell my I tell everybody this that I, that I talk to that is really trying to get into business. It's different when you to make money. You got to have money. We all mm-hmm. know that. But when you start with twenty five dollars in your pocket, it's a lot different to try to try to build into a business that's going to uh, supplement your income and make you extra money to save versus someone who's starting with a $50,000 loan, $100,000 loan. Mm-hmm. Or, or as Donald Trump said, 
a, a measly one million dollar loan that his parents <laughs> gave him. Like, come on, man. It's it's a it's a it's two different two different entrepreneurial lanes. And a mm-hmm. lot of the times we get taught that it's that that one million dollar route when that one million dollars is never there. We don't get taught the twenty five dollar route. Mm-hmm. So even if we do want to jump on an opportunity, we still got bills to pay. You know, at 19, yep. 20, 21, even in college, unless mm-hmm. you're living at home, you still got bills to pay. You got to mm-hmm. you got to get food. You got to pay for your living. You got to have a car. You got to have gas. You got to have insurance. You got to have cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things that you must pay. So you can't take those risks of an entrepreneurial job. You got to have the the guaranteed. All right. Well, I'm making eight bucks an hour. At least I can count on eight bucks an hour which pulls mm-hmm. you back year after year and allows you to never get ahead. 100%, and, man. Yeah, I, I just, I think it's, in a, it's a circle that, you know, it's, it's got to be broken at some point. Mm-hmm. It's got to be broken. Yep, and there's, and there's a lot of models out there that are trying to, you know, definitely work on yep. that performance model, that performance yep. side of things where you're getting paid based on your results and the outcome that you get, you know, just like in sports, really especially as you get at, at the higher levels, you know, before it's like, Oh, everybody, everybody on the team gets to play. And, yep. this and, that. and it's like, no, nah, man, this is like, you know, if you're not good, you're not going to play. Like, that's just how it is. And if you're not exactly. good, you're not going to get paid kind of thing is how it, you know, a lot of these places are, are starting to turn to, especially in the, in the sales and marketing and business world. I love that model though. I love that. Model. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always, that's, that's when I, really took a turn from what I was doing at waiting tables is when I looked and said, hold on, I'm bringing in the customer. The customer is coming. Yeah, they're coming to get food. But me being the waiter, I am the direct result. If they're going to come in and come Mm -hmm. back is if I'm good or not. Yep. Pretty much it. So seeing that, why is the company paying me two thirteen an hour? Why are they (laughs) paying me the least? Also, if I do get a big tip or uh, I have to split that with the cooks and the the bartenders and the mm. I gotta I gotta split the money that I'm making with mm-hmm. everybody else and you want to pay me the least. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, hold on, this doesn't make any sense. Right. Any sense? That's why I love those those models because just like you mentioned, I compare pretty much everything in business to sports. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you are good, you're going to get paid like you're good. If you're Kobe Bryant, you should get paid like you're Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. But if you're Luke Walton, <laughs> you're going to get paid <laughs> like you're Luke Walton. I mean, that's that's just how it should be. You should get paid on performance. And if yeah. you want to do better, then uh, put in the time and do the research and watch the, the people that are better than you. Learn mm-hmm. from what they do um, and learn from the mistakes that you made and do better. That's simple. Yeah. And that's why, you know, so many more athletes could be successful in business, just taking that competitive drive that they have and, and that personality into, yeah, exactly. Just repurposing that into the business world, into whatever, you know, kind of role it is that they, that's the thing is like, it doesn't have to be one specific job or whatever yeah. it is. Like you can apply that to every industry. Like I made a post uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I'm starting a little financial uh, fitness Friday tip. And it's like there's every business revolves around sales and customer service. And, if you know, if you can master those skill sets, you can really get into any industry and any kind of business that you want to get into. And then pairing that with exactly. And then pairing that with your just drive for for sports that you had. You know, now it's your why this is your this is it's the 
the, the sport of business, the boardroom is, you know, it's its own sport right there. And it's just having that mentality, like you were talking about with how you were approaching, you know, most time, you know, you think of like a waiter job is like, Oh, I'm just a waiter. Like, da, no. da, da. you don't really put a lot of weight behind it, but you're coming in. It's like, Hey, I'm the heart of this business. You know, you're coming yep. in with that different kind of mindset, that athletic mindset. And that's, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can take that to everything and Every automatically enhance, enhance what you're doing. Correct. Correct. That's when, when I, when I wait in the tape, when I went to on the border, I did in my mind, I didn't work on the border mm-hmm. on the border work for me. It was just mm-hmm. a place that I used to make my business. If that made any sense. I looked at myself mm-hmm. as a brand. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm the guy that when people say, Hey, you need to go down the border. You need to go sit with Thomas. Mm-hmm. I use my, I'm the business here. Yeah. That's, that's how, that's how I purposed it. And it worked out. It definitely did work out. And you, and you see things a little bit different. But just like you said, you can apply that to everything in life, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what you're doing, you can apply that to everything in life. And usually your results will, uh, will spike up a lot better, too. So, that, That's, yeah, absolutely true, man. You mentioned earlier, like, because this is one of the things that I'm, I'm big on is, is getting a better mindset around money. You know, we all know mm-hmm. how important mindset is in sports, but if, if business is a sport and money is, you know, one of the outcomes of sport, we got to have a good mindset around money. And you're talking right. about, you know, you're, so your mom wasn't very good with money. That's, nope. you know, kind of going to rub, rub off on you. How did you, you know, what was that conversation like and how did you overcome that to really start to, to get, you know, thriving like you are now? Well, the conversation <laughs> happened maybe 30 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. when she did mention money, it was always just save your money, save your money. Mm-hmm. She didn't mention how, why things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It was just, Hey, save your money. Mm-hmm. But my mom really pushed me to not depend on her. And I wasn't in a, uh, a home where she just gave me whatever I want. So a lot of things that I wanted, I had to save my money to buy. Mm-hmm. So after we looked back at it and we had a conversation about it just, you know, a few years ago. She now sees um, how how to go about it because even now I'm I'm telling her that you know one thing I learned from from my my high school coach um, Coach Hour is it's never too late to reinvent yourself and I told my mom that I said yeah you were bad with money but mm-hmm. as of right now you can change that you can reinvent yourself. At however old you are, I bet not throw her age out there. <laughs> however old you are, <laughs> yeah, and say yeah. now I'm going to be good with money. Yes, it, it, it's that simple. So she took she took on some some things that you know, which is crazy to to be saying that I was teaching my mother, but she took sure. on some things that I that I taught her, um, uh-huh. which is which is basically just as you said earlier. I am extremely extremely big on changing your mindset. You know mm-hmm. some some of the ways that we are conditioned. And some of the things that we think we have to have, we don't have to have it all. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't need it in the least bit. We may want it so much that we think we need it, but we don't want yes. it. So a lot of those things I, I taught her was just, you know, she's a big gift giver. So she mm-hmm. would send my send my children gifts every month. Mother, they don't need a new toy every month. <laughs> save that fifty bucks, save that seventy five dollars. Yeah. Okay. 
keeping it at bay. Well, I, I, I just want to give. I just okay. I understand that, mother. Mm-hmm. But you're giving with no purpose. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. My children do not need a hundred toys. They may want a hundred toys, but they don't need a yeah. hundred toys. So yes. even now, I'm changing their mindset of understanding that we don't just get toys, 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 toys constantly. No, mm-hmm. you're not gonna, you're not gonna get that early, so you can get that later. So even you know, teaching my children. Using them to also teach my mom. And now she's getting it of, okay, how to be a gift giver, you know, (laughs) when Mm, I'm giving someone stuff that they just don't need versus maybe helping someone out. You know, it's, it's just changing, changing of the mental. Um, And she, she, she now is understanding that and understanding that I'm not just being a big bad wolf. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And she's getting, there's a purpose behind what you got, what you're working on. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a purpose. So, um, you know, th- those, those conversations, those tough conversations of mm-hmm. really changing how you think and understanding, you know, we, not everybody's going to be, you know, Kanye West millionaires. Mm-hmm. We have to get that in our, in our, in our, in our, in our mental, even the small businesses, even maybe the little bit larger businesses, you're still not going to be that Kanye West millionaire. So at the end of the day, you got to prepare for down the line. We don't need to spend as much as we spend. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. We don't need to spend as much as we spend. That's the key. It's just cut your spending out of ridiculous things and you'll be fine. Yes. Especially especially those first five years that you're, you're, you're starting up and you'll be fine. The rest, the rest will come. It'll be a time where you can spend a little bit more, but. At, yeah. at the beginning and and really just discipline yourself with money that'll take you a long way and a lot of that you know is really not only the mindset but it's it's the language and the conversation that's being had like the literal words that are being used like you said need versus want and yep. and those and with a lot of lingo and slang and stuff thrown out these days like words and are are now synonyms and being thrown into each other mm-hmm. instead of being like black and white with our language instead of saying yep. no i literally need this for my survival yep. or i want this because of you know the dopamine effect i'm going to get or yep. watching my kid be happy or whatever it is like just having that literal just I, there was a course i have and I, I need to go back and finish it it's called procabulary um i i, I heard about it uh a little over a year ago, and they were talking about the the power of words. You know, if you've ever read the book, um, I'm sure you have. Think and Grow Rich. You know, thoughts are things, and before anything is ever built, like this desk that's right in front of me, my computer that's right in front of me, my mic, my phone, my house, everything was in somebody's mind before it was put into the world, and they were yeah. thoughts. They and now they become things. We use our words, and it's just they're, they're so powerful. And it's the language around money needs to be changed around business. You know, they need to understand that it's learning a new language, really, is what it is, and and that they can learn that. Like you, you know, you're trying to work on with your mom is that she can literally learn this. It's not, you know, you're never too young to start something. You're never too old to start nope. something or change something either. Nope, I, I definitely agree with you. I think words are, are extremely powerful and thoughts are extremely powerful. And I tell you, I, I'm, uh, when it comes to speaking words, I think you can speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. So I'm a real big on positive speaking. Uh, everybody hates LeVar Ball, but I love him. <laughs> he, he, he talked 
two, probably two out of three of his children into the NBA. <laughs> Just from yeah. saying, my sons will be in the NBA. My sons will be in the NBA and not latching on to anything negative. Anybody saying anything other than that, he shuts he it just down. Flip it. He just he just flips it. No, nope, he's gonna be he's gonna be the pick. He's going to the Lakers. He's doing this. He's gonna do that. I respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I respect that a lot. Even if it does sound insane, a lot sure. of things he said has been correct. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got you got to understand because I guarantee you, if that was anybody else's kid, they was you know they want to say the same thing about their children. Yeah. So it's right. just keeping keep keeping up that positive energy out there and keep speaking into existence. You know what you want to happen as you're making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's and it's so easy to like look at something and not take a lesson away from it. It's like, oh, this was good, this was bad. I like or I don't like this person, like whatever it is. It's like, man, just look at it. You know, don't have a, a good or bad perception of it. Just take it as a lesson and like what you know, what is the message here, whether I agree with it or not, is there something I can take away from this? Is this somebody I can learn from? That goes back to feelings. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we, the, the, the first thing we feel about somebody, if we have a negative feeling about somebody, we don't want to listen to nothing. They say Mm -hmm. they, they can be saying the same thing that, uh, maybe Dave Ramsey saying, but if I don't like that guy, I'm not going to listen to him. That's got to stop. That's has to stop. Um, I'm not the fan of some of the, the biggest people that I've learned a lot from. I don't agree with, you know, maybe their lifestyle or how they handle situations or the way they talk, how much they may curse, just the w- weird stuff that we mm-hmm. individually may not agree with. But right. when it comes down to a lot of things in business and even the route to take and, and how to do something, if somebody's successful, they're successful. Yeah. No, ma- no matter Anything else about him, you got to put that your feelings to the side and say, just like you said earlier, which I'm a big fan of, you take what you what they did well and you implement it and you Mm -hmm. take what maybe they didn't do so well and you improve on it. You can always learn something from somebody, either what to do or what not to do. Yeah, exactly. And this was in uh, I don't know if you ever read or listened to Michael Jordan's autobiography, that book he had, you know, it was one of the things he talked about was even at the highest level, like he, even if he didn't agree with a coach, he was going to listen to him and hear their, hear their input. Even if it's like the lowest assistant coach for the bulls mm-hmm. or like, you know, whoever it was, he didn't just like, Oh, it can easily be like, I'm Michael Jordan, bitch, shut up. I'm not going to listen to you. Like, no, he's t- yeah. like every single person he could take advice from, or at least listen to, he was going to, absorb that and say okay what can i take from this what can i use from this and let me go and if like if michael jordan can do that like anybody yeah, if anybody, anybody could blow somebody <laughs> off it could be michael jordan it's michael but he, jordan. he's doing it you know and he's listening sure. like why for can't sure. we do that too for sure i think that's to me i think that's the quickest way of learning you know mm-hmm. a lot of people i don't do too much reading not gonna lie I'm okay. not a big reader. I'd rather listen. I'd rather yep. put on an audio book. I'd rather mm-hmm. listen to a podcast or an interview Same. or something of that. So I think that's the the quickest way to learn something It's just listen to them say it. Yeah. You cut out so many extra words that you got to read or even when you're reading, you still have to spend brain power comp- comprehending it correctly. But when somebody's telling you something and giving you some hand gestures and maybe some, you know, figurines to look at, you see things a lot more quicker uh for me mm-hmm. at least than yeah. i think you do you know 
try to read it and comprehend it. So I, listening has become a lost art, man. <laughs> and it's scary. Yeah, yeah. It, that's very <laughs> true. And it's part of that's you know, the technology world and, you know, getting, you can really like from compared to a book to a podcast or audio book, like you get to hear the tone and their inflections and like how it's coming across, you know, and a lot of, a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm this way, like I'm a sarcastic person. So if I'm, even if I'm texting somebody, they may not always get my tone or what I really meant and get yep. offended or something, you know, and especially these younger kids, like I, I forgot the exact study or the exact number that I read, but it was like a huge percentage. I'd say at least 75%, 80% of people after college and after high school don't ever read a book again. And it's, it's crazy, you know, and, and, and as long, you know, it, the key is really educating yourself, right? Like you're talking about like through podcasts, through audio books, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical book that you're always reading, but a lot of, you know, these kids growing up, they, they're so used to tech and everything else. They just, Oh, let me just, you know, let me just listen to this dude to watch a video instead of sitting down and reading a book, even though they'll read, you know, a bunch of Facebook posts or Instagram posts, you know, they're still reading, but it's just under different contexts. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't speak on that because it would make me a hypocrite, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I, I do think it's, it's kind of where you're focusing your energy. You know, for me, uh, reading takes so much time, mm-hmm. as, as, you know, for what I do and, and how much energy it takes to sit here. Okay. I got to sit here for, you know, two hours and read this book. Well, I got, you know, excels to make. I got numbers to look at. I got cards mm-hmm. to look at. I got, you know, people's pages to sign. It's like, oh, crap, I can't sit here for two hours and read. Uh, but while I'm doing something else, while I'm in the car, you know, yeah. this kind of works out. But I, I think that it, it needs to be one or the other for sure. You know, I don't, I don't think you should uh, – if you're not reading, you're still not educating yourself in some way, shape, or form. I think you still, you still need to be doing one or the other. If you're not listening to podcasts or YouTubes or interviews, then, you know, if you're good at reading, pick up a book if you have the time. Yeah. But don't just cut cut that out because you're not bettering yourself in, in any way, shape, or form. You got you to yeah. constantly be moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, another quote I heard. I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like the, the person who can read and doesn't versus the blind person who can never read, they have no advantage over that person. And it's just, you know, it, the, I mean, it really comes one. down to edu. Yeah, it really comes down to education. Like I got, I, you know, driving around here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, it takes like 30 minutes just to get anywhere. And I got, I got plenty of audio books I listen to where, you know, throw a podcast on, you know, same kind of thing, just being too busy yeah. to, to read sometimes. I, I'm, that's a point I'm, I'm making on my own end to read more, you know, physical book, reading more. But even then I'm going to listen I try to get the audio book to go with it so I right. can read it faster and pick yeah. up on it more. So it's just, you know, how to, how to accelerate that learning curve for sure. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. So you were talking a little bit about, you know, before the call, we were talking about the college experience and, and then we was talking about the broken model in the, you know, in, in the job world, but I know you got a, you know, a fiery topic on you on the, on the college side of things. So I wanted to, to dig into that a little bit with you. Okay. Um, you know, of course I am, I'm against college in certain aspects. I think, you know, being, being an athlete, you, you have to go to college to play, 
you know, mm-hmm. especially if you if you maybe want to go to the next level or if you're trying to uh, supplement some funds for your education and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. let me let me say this college done correctly can work, you know, for, for the student athlete, um, mm-hmm. because we're, we're in more in a unique situation. A lot of the times we're doing what we love, which is a sport. And yeah. we just happen to be there for college. I mean, let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> Not, 90, 95% of the guys I know, we're here to play ball yeah. straight up. The college, yeah, my mom told me to come. I'm going to get that. I'm getting that. But if I really had to choose one or the other, <laughs> and you let me right. do what I want, we're choosing the sport. So yep. seeing that, I, I think that that model of college is very broken. They're telling us at 18 years old to pick what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. I, Kyle, you know, I know you're a lot different when I first met you, probably at 19. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm definitely a different person than where you first met me um, yeah. at, at 19. So <laughs> we really shouldn't have been making decisions that are going to affect us when we're 40 at 18, 19. I don't agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I don't agree with that. But since it is the way it is, if I can go back and do it again, I would get a education in something that I know that I would for sure get a job in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Going, even though I'm in business, going into business, um, I didn't. I really didn't learn much. I, I know it sounds crazy, but they sure. didn't teach me how to do what I wanted to do, which was be my own boss. Right. They taught me how to go work for someone else. It was how to look someone in the eye, how to say yes, sir, no, sir, how to write a resume, things mm-hmm. that my parents taught. My mom taught me that. Yeah. You know, that, that stuff I didn't, I didn't need to know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. The, the biggest thing that I've learned that helped me out most in my business is, is Dr. Pearson's class, that Excel course. That, yep. <laughs> that course was amazing. I use that every yeah. day now. Every yeah. single day. I use that in a Word document every single day. Yeah. Um, and it saves me a whole bunch of money. But other than that, all that stuff was to go work for someone else. So if that's what you want to do, great. But if you want to be that entrepreneur, that's not the course. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I would, right now, teachers are in need greatly, greatly. So yes. you could find a job immediately. Also, you're going to find a job, at, at right now as we're speaking, it's for about, in Kansas at least, you're going to start about forty, forty-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, straight up. You get every weekend off. You get three months off during the summer. You get <laughs> substitutes when you need to. You get benefits. You get you know vacation time. You get all that. Also, your income is going to go up the more education you get, which they will pay for. If you want to go take yeah. a master levels course, they will pay for it. The longer you work and the more education you work, you definitely get paid according to that. It's a stair step. So. Mm-hmm. To me, it's one of the rare businesses that you will seek seek payment immediately versus when you go into business, well, how many jobs out there are there going to be available? Maybe, let's say 4,000 jobs. Well, you got 5,000 graduates from KU, 3,000 business graduates from K-State, 2,000 graduates from WSU, another 1,000 mm-hmm. friends graduates. So it's in a deficit of how many jobs out there are directly in our field immediately. So 
if I want to do entrepreneurship, I can go be a teacher. And let's say I'm 20, 22 coming out of college. Well, let's say your parents are, are uh, nice enough to let you come home for two years. Like mm-hmm. my parents were very, very nice. Uh, yep. Okay. Same well, now here. I'm making, I'm making $40,000 a year. Okay. I'm bringing in that. I have time on the weekends and before school, after school to, if I'm done grading papers or whatever, to work on my business model. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I would, if I was doing cars again, I can sell cars after three o'clock every day. I can make meetings on that car that I got ready after three o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. If I sell a car a day, I'm, you know what I mean? Somebody wants to come, okay, yep. hey, make the deal, test drive, boom. I'm still building my business and building my resources at the same time. Yes. I, I, I think that I think that's a great model. But when did I know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 26, 27? You know what I mean? That, yeah. that is what should be taught at 1819, 2021 when we're paying for this education that costs us so much. So much. And it's only rising. It's only getting it, more expensive. It, it, exactly. It, it's growing rapidly. The, the income, the income, the, the wage increase is not growing as fast as the, nope. the, the cost of education is. We're never going to catch up and be even to where we, you know, we can actually afford this stuff. So um, right. I think that's the biggest business of them all and the biggest hustle of them all. So, yep. you know, college done correctly can work, especially if you're going to be, you know, a doctor, um, uh, a lawyer, things of that nature that you have to go this route. Yes. Um, you know, but even then, if you don't realize you want to be a lawyer until three years in, you just lost out on three years and just right. three, three years of worth of money down the drain. I yeah. think it can be improved. And I think that, uh, you know, we especially now that we are the college generation, you know, of everybody's really mm-hmm. going to college. We got to have these talks with the people that are coming after us and really get them to see, hey, don't go until you know and do some research on what you're going to do. Right. And even in, and if you're going to do a sport, do your research now. I know you want to play. Do your research now. Start talking to people that came before you and yes. seeing and, and putting numbers to paper of understanding, okay, I'm the chances of me making it pro. Okay. Now I got to have this plan up afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I heard – you know, and my mom has been in higher ed like my entire life. So that was one of the reasons I even went to friends because, it, you know, being a, a private school like that can be more expensive than most. You mm-hmm. know, she worked at, at Southwestern for uh, like eight, ten years. And that's how, you know, I got my tuition paid for, which was, you know, extremely helpful for me. You know, not everybody's yep. going to have a mom, a dad that's working in higher ed like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have, you know, that kind of relationship to a college and and just being around that environment all the time it's like oh I, you know i have to go to college but it's yep. not until really like you know the average i, I forgot the study or the again the specific numbers but at least the average college student changes their major at least like two or three times like mm-hmm. minimum yeah i mean i changed mine when i transferred to friends and and i stuck with it after that but you're, you know, they, they're like, oh, it's okay. You know, you're still trying to figure out what you want to do and this and that. And like you say, you're just spending a lot of money. And it's not really till like you're getting, you know, your master's that you're like, okay, this, you know, you gotta pick one lane to go yeah. in for your master's. Yeah. Like, why the fuck couldn't it be like that for going in for your undergrad? You know, it's exactly. like that. It's not prepping enough for it. 
you know, the conversation isn't really there and the kids just don't have enough background. They don't have enough perception of it. They don't understand like what they want to do moving forward enough. Part of that is because of just the system society and not letting these kids experience these different kinds of things. It's like, no, it's, 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 it's a whole, that's a super deep conversation we could have for hours and hours, but it's definitely, definitely, it's, it's it's a frustrating, frustrating world for sure. Cause that's, you know, it's just old school manufacturer, like way hundred years ago when they're building, you know, building this up to, to get these factory workers built up and training people to work for somebody else. And then they just, they just keep revolving that model. I mean, this isn't, you know, it's, it is a somewhat newer topic, this, the college system, you know, a lot of, you know, look at how many successful business people, rich people there are that are college dropouts, you know, right now in the world out there. And, and there's more people out there that are, you know, going against college in this way that yeah. you, know, you, you and I are talking about right now. I mean, I, Alex, Red, Alex Rodriguez was on um, the Ask Gary V show a while back and he was talking about how, you know, just this, the same kind of stuff with college. And it's, it's a two edged sword because as an athlete, like if you want to go to that next level, right? Like you can't, you can't go to the NBA without playing one year in college. Yeah. Like in, in baseball, I think it's two years, you know, football, you're not really seeing guys go until they, they graduate. Yep. Um, I mean, each, each sport kind of has its own, its own niche with that. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it sounds they're like going for a sport, cahoots. really, is what it is. Yeah. Well, it sounds like when they're when they're putting a man, mandate on it, it sounds like they're in cahoots with each other. <laughs> that's to, to me, that's what it sounds like. You know, you, you're telling me that I have to go get at least this much education or do this, or when you know, let, let's keep it a buck. D one D one cats is going for a year, ain't going to a liquor class. Nope, they're not. I I know them. I'm I'm friends with a lot of them. Yeah. arenas to tell you. I didn't go to class. (laughs) I'm not going to class for what? I'm going to the gym. That's where I'm going. So even in that, but what does it do? It keeps that money revolving because now the next conversation that we can have for another day is uh, the the amount of money that's made from Zion Williams dunking a basketball instead of going straight to the NBA. Right. You know that that that's that's a bigger topic, but that's the reality of it. Is okay. Why are y'all pushing me to do this? You know, when really you aren't teaching me how to manage my millions. No. They're not teaching you how to manage the money. And they're, they're, they're teaching you English, the same English that you learned back in sixth grade. <laughs> they're not right. teaching you how to manage your money. It'll be Basic different if they're saying classes. we're giving you, yeah, we're giving you, you know, courses to to, to, to stay financially stable for two, mm-hmm. three, four generations. We're going to teach mm-hmm. you all of that. that that's the, all the time we're going to spend is doing that and, you know, life after basketball and things of that nature. Then I would be a little bit more okay. I, at least it's a purpose. It's some kind of purpose. They're trying. But, yeah, they're trying. Yeah, you don't need to know anything about science if you're if you're going to be making forty fifty million dollars a year. I don't. I'm sorry, you don't. Right, uh, and then and then you and then you're like, oh well, let's just let's just hand him off to this money hungry agent, exactly. and who's gonna who's gonna handle his money and teach him what he needs to know about money and and life and you know they have. Yep. I mean, they'll have like the rookie, you know, the rookie education program for these kids and try to educate them on, but it's really like, you know, what to say, what not to say in these interviews and yep. and stuff like that. It's, it's not even, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, and that's what I talked about in my opening podcast was why I started this podcast. And 
looking at the ESPN 30 for 30 movie broke. You know, it's not only for the Zion Williamson's, the Kobe's, the LeBron's, uh, just multimillionaires right out of the gate players. But if they're not getting educated, how many of the rest of the athletic population that doesn't go pro isn't getting educated on money and on business? And it's just it's sad. And that's why these kids really need to start to figure this out younger. And yep. when they do, it's, it's only going to set them up for success and getting that, getting that money, getting that income, having that success earlier in life than waiting until they're 30 and 40 and realizing, man, what the fuck have I been doing? Like, what's, what's going on? If they get that, if they get that education and, and, and most of them get it correctly, you know what they're going to want to do. They're going to say, you know what? Um, we run this. Mm-hmm. We, th- these are the things we want implemented. These are the things that we want to happen. These are, are some of the things that we need. We want it to run this way. If you don't run it this way, I won't be dunking a basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's they it. did that. Oh Ooh. man, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. I don't, I don't know if you watched the boardroom Kevin Durant show on ESPN Plus, but that's exactly what LeBron did in high school. They were playing all of his games at the college in Akron, and then it was like senior night came up, and and he went to him. And was like, no, I'm not playing a senior night anywhere but my high school like I want to be all my fans on top of me I want everybody at the high school to be there and they like if he hadn't said that they would have played it there but they shut the place down for him and let him do it there and he said they blacked the place out because they had like four or five you know news trucks and all this setup out there and blacked it out because you know it's not it's not set up for that but that's you know the Zions and him I mean you talk about like the Bryce Harper's of baseball you know you get all these other people from every sport, right? It doesn't matter the sport, but they're changing how this is done. And they try to act like it's, you know, the education system and it's how college is and this and that is like, no, you're, y'all are profiting off them. And they're, and you'll see on ESPN, all these conversations they're having about how these kids need to be getting paid for all the money they're bringing in. They can't have their last names on the jerseys because then people are making profit off that kid versus the number but we all know who the number it is we all know who they're getting the jersey yeah. for and it's it's just man it's 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 well it's screwed it's up that, for sure this, this is what i learned from, from joe button uh zero percent of nothing is nothing <laughs> so at least give them a percentage mm-hmm. you know what i mean right now they, they just want to say all right well you don't get nothing well zero percent of nothing is nothing at least say here, you can have 10% of proceeds, 20% of proceeds, something. But mm-hmm. when they don't want to give that up, they're going to just, oh, yeah, yeah. You, we, you know what? We're going to shut it all down. No, no, no. That's not the route to go. No. That is not the route to go. Um, when when you got one NCAA tournament funding every sport in the school <laughs> from the proceeds that it makes. And, and, yeah. and you got coaches making tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And you telling me that, especially on a basketball team, you can't right. give each player a six-figure salary for the year? Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, it's good. I, it's good. I like yeah, it. It's, I it needs to be said. You know, can, it's, yeah. this is an unregulated podcast in that sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, good. Like, well, I, I, hope, I, hope these, <laughs> I hope kids band together and mm-hmm. say, pay me or I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. I, I wish all all th- top three kids at every school, deep major D ones, say yeah. I'm not playing 
unless you pay me. Yeah. I guarantee you things will change immediately. Yeah. Guarantee. Yeah. Guarantee. Exactly. And that's, you know, the, the and that's funny because some of these schools like that, KU, Ohio State, Alabama, like what else are they good at besides Alabama for football, KU for basketball? Like they don't have another sport and that's just so much money that they bring in for. And like, what? Like how, how can a school be this popular only one season out of the year but bring in all this money yet the players that are bringing in the money aren't getting any of it and it's just the coach or the strength conditioning coach is coming on with the coach so he gets paid big bucks yeah. and this and that. It's, it goes back to the conversation man. I said about waiting tables. Waiters getting 213 an hour and they, mm-hmm. they're the Zion Williams. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're the LeBron yep. James. They're the Kobe Bryant of the business but y'all giving them the pennies. Yes. No. No. That's modern day slavery, man. No. <laughs> No, we not we can't do that. Can't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, man. You, you you put numbers to papers and, and realize how big football stadiums are. Mm-hmm. And then you times that by the parking. Then you times that yep. by the beer sales, then the nachos and the hot dogs and the jerseys and the bobbleheads and the, mm-hmm. I can go on and the water bottle. Yep. I can go on and on for days. Yeah. <laughs> and you you'll you'll be at millions of dollars extremely quickly. Extremely the bonuses quick. to get to the playoffs, the yep. next round, you know, yep. Final Four, Elite Eight, whatever yes. it is. Yeah, a lot of money being thrown out there in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, and, and keep in mind, I don't mind coaches getting paid. I think coaches right. are a big part of it. Absolutely. But we got to pay everybody. Yeah. You know, we got to pay everybody. Uh, right. We got to pay everybody. So for sure. I will. I wanted to definitely. You know, you tell me. You got you, so you're running a car lot over there now, making a little transition here back to, um, you know, kind of how how things are looking in, in the bland life. Okay. You had you had a, you also had a, a laundry mat as well. What what got you from you know last week you know saw each other four four or five years ago in college to owning a car lot and owning a laundry mat? How how did, how did that come about? Um, it started a little bit in college. Uh. I, I, you know, I'm a man of faith, so I, I definitely mm-hmm. contributed to the Lord uh, playing a big part in, in, in directing me where I needed to go. But, you know, I, like I said before, I started with candy. I worked my way up. I started selling CDs in high school and, and in middle school. Um, I started doing selling iPhones and jailbreaking iPhones and selling mm-hmm. iPads and TVs. Yep. And then I always was thinking, what's the next level? Because I knew houses was up there at some point. But I'm like, it's got to be a, a level to get to houses. I know people aren't just selling, you know, this small-time phones, iPods, and stuff of that nature, and then automatically they're up to houses. What, it, right. what are people selling before that? Yeah. And then I bought a, I bought a car, uh, 05 Impala. This was probably in 2010 or 11. And then my buddy had a Cadillac DeVille. He spoiled. So he had the, he had his Cadillac DeVille his dad gave him. Then he got the new Bumblebee <laughs> Camaro at the time. Yeah, yeah. So I go over to his house, check up on him during the summer, see how he was doing. Come to find out, I'm like, yo, what are you doing with this Cadillac? It's collecting dust. It's got spider webs on it. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm selling it. I'm like, what you selling it for? Well, I just bought the car at Paula for 3000 Then he bought, he sold me the Cadillac for four. 
And uh-huh. as I'm on the way from the transaction of buying the, from selling the Impala to buying the Cadillac, I realized I made a thousand dollars in yeah. maybe three days of a post on Craigslist. Right. I was like, maybe I can do this. So I went and just, just jumped head first and was like, okay, uh, you go to an auction, you buy a car. And I just went and bought one and it was trash and it was overheating and had many problems and didn't know what the heck to do. But yeah. I just kept, I just kept going. I kept going. I kept going. And I started traveling to Oklahoma, um, taking a bus down there, driving a the car back, bringing it down here, selling it, just, okay. just trying to, to fine tune the quick, the quickest way to get the titles or how to put uh-huh. insurance on it. Just learning the rules. And I, mm-hmm. I just said, I'm, I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to just keep going. And then eventually I learned that you can get a dealer's license. And then I put, you know, all of those goals on the wall of how to get a dealer's license and start checking those off. So once that hit, that was kind of my, my main deal. And most of the time I was still working at on the border and mm-hmm. uh, had another waiting job and was still selling shoes. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually started substituting teaching also and coaching. I was doing a plethora of things because sure. I wanted to, to make sure that the pressure wasn't all on cars. You know what I mean? If I if I failed at cars a couple of times, I could still keep trying. So yeah. and I had other income. So I was doing that. And then after I did cars, I started in Hutchison. I found a place that mm-hmm. was low overhead. And then six months later, I started another one in Wichita. So I had two car lots going. And then um, after that, I just kept once again, fine tuning, seeing what worked. And then I had my first child and I decided to shut down my Hutchison location mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't want to be away from my family that much. You know, sure, uh, sure. my wife was pregnant and before she was pregnant, she can roll with me. But now yeah. we had a child, they would have to stay at home. It's and I didn't story. like that. Yeah, it's a different story, man. I didn't like that. So I was like, OK, I'm, we're going to do one car lot and then we'll kind of go from there. So in the past maybe two years two and a half, three years, I start taking on, uh, different, uh, different things other than cars. Like I bought the laundromat, you know, once again, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was just the right place at the right time and having the capital to be able to, to, to buy the deals, you know, how I, how I think things are going, especially in America right now is once again, to make money, you got to have money. So mm-hmm. the places that do have money are these places, you know, like quick trips and Walmarts are these bigger places. So when somebody does, you know, maybe sell their place for a deal, those bigger companies are ready to just scoop in, you know, snatch it up and just keep adding to that big snowball that's going downhill. Right. So, you know, what I, what I really suggest is for early business people is just start saving that way. If you do need to, you know, expand, you have that money to do so, uh, and get another opportunity. So as that Mm -hmm. happened, I got the laundromat and then, um, I actually bought some, I found a really good deal for apartments, a little duplex and triplex. And I've been getting, getting those situated and getting those rented out and just looking for the next opportunity. But I forgot the guy, I listened to this guy on YouTube and he really brought to my attention. um, You know, if you're really good at something, he said, you need to, to triple and quadruple down on it. Mm. You know, spend all your time on that thing that you're extremely good at. Yes. And so with cars, I don't like to brag, but I'm really good at selling cars. I don't know how. Yeah. But 
I do really good. At, I'm really good at selling cars. My, my motto works. So that's another reason why I put the laundromat up for sale is, okay, you know what? Instead of taking this time and spending this brain power and all this to run this laundromat, mm-hmm. let's, let's spend that same time and go even harder on cars and see, and see how that, see how that turns out. And so far it's, it's been producing, producing numbers well. So I love it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very powerful to hear, you know, from how that grew over the years from, from candy to CDs to shoes to, you know, up to, up to selling and flipping cars like that. You know, that's, I look back, you know, I always went to garage sales with my, with my mom and my grandma back in middle school and high school and stuff. And it wasn't to flip. It was because like, you know, we want, like that was just something they did. And my mm-hmm. mom ended up, you know, like a few years back when I was finishing up at Friends, she started a, a little shop in Arkansas City. And it was just a, like almost like a little eBay reseller type place. She just this antique store, you know, finding this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. refurbishing it up, buying, you know, like something for super cheap, you know, like 50 cents and selling it for like 50, 100 bucks. And it's like, yep. Why wasn't I doing that in high school? Like just that mindset, like I didn't, I didn't even think it was possible. I didn't know about it, you know, just these kinds of things. And at the same time, like it was there in front of me the whole time. The right? whole time. And it's yep. just like, just taking the wool off my eyes. I was like, why? Like, just want to go back and just kick my younger self in the teeth with all this like simple stuff. Right. It's not hard yeah. to, to set up an eBay account or even, Facebook, like it's free, the Facebook marketplace, you find something in a garage sale, sell it, flip it, and you come out with a profit. And now, you know, it doesn't, like, some of, some people look at it at the money side, right? It's like, oh, man, it's a car. It's like four or $5,000. Like, I don't have that kind of money. It's like, look, it doesn't, we're not talking about the money right now. We're talking about the concept, the business, and the ways, you know, look, look getting creative and looking at the ways you can do this in your own life right now. And not having those limitations of, oh, and this is, and the other thing, you know, especially around cars is the car salesman, right? The ultimate quote unquote sleaze bag, the snake oil yeah. salesman, this and that. And that's just another, that's another mindset thing, right? Like how, how, how did you, or was that ever a hurdle for you to overcome? Cause that's, you know, the biggest it, thing. Oh, definitely, is, definitely, man. Yeah. I, I, I still I avoided moving my my location to Broadway because I was so scared of being called that Broadway dealer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that name because I got I got got by the known gypsies in the in the the town that that hustle people on cars. They're known. Uh-huh. They've been doing it for years. And I when I was 16. So that was always in the back of my mind that, you know, if I ever did do cars, I'm gonna, I'm going to do it right. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna make sure I, I treat people right. So, my the the thing is, don't if you're thinking negatively off the rip, mm-hmm. this ain't for you. Business ain't for you. If you're thinking, oh man, this is this is gonna be the you know the outcome. I this so much money. This this and this and this. No, you should be thinking positively. You should be thinking, oh crap, if the car if I'm if I'm buying the car for four thousand, shoot, what what I could probably make what two thousand off of it. That's what you yeah. should be thinking immediately. But, you know, you still, as you go through and create the business model, you will get the, the things that you got to overcome. And that was definitely one I had to overcome because mm-hmm. 
in a business like car sales, especially when we once again are educated about cars. It was no, yes. it, it needs to be a high school course that teaches children how cars actually work and yes. how to fix them in some sort, who to go yes. to fix them, the different cost of going to the dealership versus going to another small time dealer, buying Absolutely. parts from eBay versus buying them from AutoZone mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. buying them from the dealer that marks them up 35%. That mm -hmm. all needs to be, you know, be taught, but I'm dealing with the customers that if, if their alternator goes out in two weeks, and they bought a, a $2,000 car, $1,500 car, it's my fault. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Those are the type of people that I'm dealing with. Mm. So as I, as I told myself, I'm, I'm going to change the model of used car lots. This is what I want. I don't want, I want no pressure sales. If mm -hmm. somebody comes on a car lot, if they want to buy the car, great. If they don't, it's fine. Right. It's, it's okay. Don't pressure yourself into having to try to get this person into a car they don't want because it's just going to piss them off, bottom line. So things like that that I just said, this is how I would like to be treated. I just implemented and said, this is, this is the type of car I want to be known as the neighborhood car lot place. Man, you need yeah. a car, just go down to Thomas. He'll be down there with his Nike hoodie on, probably some cargo shorts and maybe some basketball shorts. He might have just left the gym. He's, he's ready. <laughs> he, he got you. You know, I don't, yeah. it, it don't feel intimidated by him. He, he's good. He's good people. Right. That's the place that I that I want to start, and I think I've done a, a really good job of that uh, so far. From what I heard, um, I get you know I get a lot of repeat customers and things like that. But you know it, it is it is some hiccups from time to time um, dealing with how this society now thinks. All the customers think that they're right 100 percent of the time. Sorry, yeah. your customer's <laughs> not always right. I'll be the first person to say that the customer's yeah. not always right. I don't care. They're not. <laughs> They're not. It's true. Sorry, they're not. And when you're a small business owner, you will start to realize that. You go, like, oh yeah. no 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 no. This is costing me four hundred and some dollars for you because of something you messed up. No no no. It's not. It's not the customer is always right. So right. Um, that's you know that's kind of the hard place, but it is a happy medium for everything. And and I'm and I'm. It really tests your people skills of how you yes. can you know de-escalate a situation and, and get people to actually listen to what you're saying and. When somebody comes in and brings a three thousand dollar estimate from the dealership, that really is only going to cost like one hundred seventy bucks. You know, you got to mm. calm them down and understand that hey, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> the bad guy right. is the person that gave you this estimate. I got you. Let me help you out. Yeah. You know? So, but from it's a fun. place of support and service yeah. and help. Yeah, it, it, it's fun, and that and that's definitely what I offer to all my customers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I tell them, hey, I got a mechanic for you that I won't charge you to use. I'm not making no money off of them. I strictly just want to help you out and get yeah. your car rolling, whether that's next week or in 10 years, give mm -hmm. Thomas a call and I will help you out. Yeah. So, and when people uh, start to see that you're coming from that place of help and of service, like them, yeah. then it, they're okay with you getting the profit of it. Cause they're realizing like, that's your, you know, yeah. that's your business. That's how you're doing it. Versus them, you know, coming at the approach of, Hey, I'm trying to get, you know, a thousand dollars off this person for my commission, kind of thing. Yeah, they 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 see they see, they start to see things a little bit differently. So yeah, you know, that's kind of kind of what I've been what I've been pressing for, and you know where I'm at now is is just keeping my eyes open for the next business opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a big person that I, I'm very frugal. You know, mm -hmm. I, I tell my wife all the time whether we have, you know, we make a hundred thousand dollars a year, forty thousand dollars a year, or a million dollars a year. 
we're probably going to be still living off our budget that we're living mm-hmm. off of now. <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, which it may take a couple more vacations and things of that nature and, and experience life a little bit. But, you know, the money is not what's going to make decisions. And I, right. I think that is what's taught, whether it's social media or rappers or entertainers mm-hmm. or colleges, money makes the decision. No, 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 no. Don't uh, don't chase the money, allowing the money to make the decision. Because now that 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 becomes the boss. Right. If you want to be your own boss, that means you're over the money still. The money makes money. We don't make money. We make people. That's that's what we do. Yeah. We just we can reproduce people. We don't reproduce money. The money yeah. reproduces itself. So just having that having that mindset also helps because it doesn't put you in positions to where it's just all about money all the time mm-hmm. and you know you want to rip people off and stuff like that. So because yeah. it's very tempting. I'm, I mean I'm. <laughs> I'm a person of very high morals, I believe, but it's, you know, when, 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 when that amount of money sometimes is in your face, it is very tempting to, yeah. to, to just say, oh, well, they'll never know. So, sure. You know. It's funny. And listen to um, Dan Locke is a, a guy I follow, a mentor of mine, brought in some of his programs. And in one of his courses, he, he talked about, you know, the mindset around sales. And he, he gave this little story as like, of, of the parents, you know, kid coming up to his parents said, mom, dad, you know, I figured out what I want, what I want to do with my life. You know, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And they're like, oh, son, I'm so happy for you. You know, you're, uh, you're making us so proud. I can't wait to tell everybody. Da, 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 da. Right. And then on the flip side, mom, dad, hey, I figured out what I want to do. I'm so excited. I'm going to be a salesman. I'm going to sell cars or I'm going to sell whatever it is. And like, oh, God, no, no, what's wrong with you? Why, oh, you're letting us down. Why do you do that? Why are you torturing us? It's like, what, like, <laughs> the, just that mindset around that status of a position is, and that's the thing, the status, the association of that position and of that job, whatever it is, is, is tearing people down from pursuing yep. something that could change their lives, you know, or yeah. getting stuck in, like you were talking about before the rat hole of going in three years because all oh, this is what my parents did for yep. being a lawyer, but I realized I don't want to do it, but now I'm, I'm in it and I, I can't get out when they always have a choice. Well, that goes back to feelings. You know, what, what you feel, what, what people are feeling about stuff and what it looks like and what it appears to be. People, I, I tell people all the time, if you mind your business, you ain't got to worry about that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you just mind your business, you don't, I and and being a car salesman and getting that you know kind of stigmatism of where people were assuming that oh you know you graduated college yeah what do you do I sell cars oh oh uh, you, yeah. know, you you just sell cars I'm thinking like you know what I start embracing that yes I I do just sell absolutely cars. you know well how, how often are you there whenever I want well, what do you mean well I my lot is open from twelve to six. Um, my, my salesmen are there all day. If I want to go in for an hour, I go in for an hour. If I want to go in for six, I go in for six. And mm-hmm. now the conversation kind of turns from, well, how much are you making a year to, yeah. you know, and, and now that their brain starts to click a little bit, but I'm, that's why I tell, I, I make sure that, you know, people around me don't ever make fun of anybody's position and mm-hmm. what they do for a living. As long as it's legal, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be worried about it. Because right. I, if somebody's over there picking up poop off the street, I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that. That's something I don't want to do. I thank right. you. Thank you. I'm glad you get into it. I appreciate you. Yeah. Because you, somebody's got to get know. the road kill. Some somebody's got to get the road kill. Somebody's got to get the road kill. So while you're doing that, I'm gonna salute you and I'm gonna go mind my business. I'm, ain't, ain't for me to speak on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you never know any one thing that I really learned as I started to be a, a car dealer, you never know anybody's financial situation. Yes. Just by looking at them. You don't. Because right. most of the car dealers up there, they look like drug addicts, man. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you I mean, it's crazy, but you you look at them and you like, man, y'all, what? What are, it, what are you doing? And then come to find out they're one of the most successful car lots in the town. Yeah, and it's probably bringing in. You know, you calculate. You're like, holy crap! You're doing yeah. that much volume, um, right? So you know, it, it, like looks ain't everything that they they they've been saying this since I've been born. Don't judge a book mm-hmm. by its cover, and yet mm-hmm. we are still doing it. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. All right, well, Thomas, it's been a pleasure. I really definitely wanted to. We and you, you've definitely given a lot of. Of, of good insights, good advice on things kids can take away from. But if there's one thing, you know, from this podcast, I want to be able to make sure that these listeners have, these athletes have from every episode is like at least one tactical piece of information, one strategy, something they can use, you know, right away, uh, or at least, you know, in the, in the near future that they can, they can really take away from what would, what would be your one piece of advice, whether it's something we've talked about or something that, you know, is, is, you've seen an experience from your skill sets, you know, what's one thing these, these kids can start doing and looking at in their lives to have a, not either make more money, save more money, or just start to develop their, their business IQ. Okay. I'm going to give you two. One is get out your feelings. That is not just for business. That's for life. Get mm-hmm. out of your feelings. Just because you feel a certain way about it doesn't make it correct. You got to look at the facts. Look at the facts. Um, because that, that may get you jumping out of what you may, well, I feel like I want to be a doctor. Okay. But when you really break it down, that might, you might not be able to handle that many years of education. You know, Mm -hmm. be be real Mm -hmm. with yourself, be a hundred percent real with yourself. So get out your feelings. Second thing, um, is to stop watching celebrities and rappers and people that you don't know. Yes. You don't know them like that. You know what I mean? If you really want to go talk to somebody, call Kyle. Call me. Call somebody that's coming from the same background as you, that has been through the same things that you have mm-hmm. and can relate to you a lot more. Talk to your mom and dad. Talk to your cousins. Talk to, talk to people that are in your neighborhood mm-hmm. versus looking up to these celebrities that are living a false life. They're living a false life. They're, it's all for show. It's all for money. It's all to get you to buy a product. That's all it is at the end of the day. It's a big business. It's a big hustle. So yes. stop letting that stuff influence you of where you want to go in life. It's not reality. It's the matrix. <laughs> That's yep. all it is. Yep. It's the matrix. So, you know, um, I, I say this for everybody I talk to. I know it sounds crazy. But if you have questions, contact me. I am more than happy to give people free game about anything nice. that I've been through. I'm not the master Love of it. this. I'm not. I'm not the 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 what people say the 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 model to go by. I don't. I just know what's working for me right now. That's it. And yep. I'm gonna keep minding my business. But if I can help somebody else, 
get to to do better than me, I am more than happy to. I'm not a hater in any way, shape, or form. It's enough money out here for everybody. Yes. Everybody to live comfortable. So Absolutely. If you need help, contact me. <laughs> I would definitely help you if I can. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely gonna. Uh, where can you know Thomas? Where can where can people find you right now? What's where where out on social? Where out on the web? Can they can they find you out? Uh, the easiest way is my Facebook, Thomas Bland the second. Um, you'll see a, a beautiful picture of me as my profile picture. Um, Snapchat. It's very pretty. <laughs> Thomas underscore Bland twenty one. Twitter is is a very um, easy one to get a hold of me. I'm that's where I'm on most. Really, just Facebook and Twitter. Thomas underscore okay. Bland twenty one. Um, that, that's Perfect. where I'm at. Well, definitely, I'm gonna add that into the show notes so all the followers can, all the audience can get in on that. And any, I mean, that's just pure gold today, Thomas. I'm definitely gonna be going back and listening to this one myself because that's just so I, much, I so much fire in there man. and passion behind it too. I, I love it. I, I thank you for the opportunity. This is this is, hey, this is fun for me, and I, and I respect what you're doing, and I'm definitely following. Hey, I appreciate that, sir. Well, thank you for coming on today, Thomas, and we'll definitely um, be following up with you soon, my friend. All right, take care. All right. Hey, I'm so grateful for you to stay and listen this far into the episode. Thomas really, really brought the heat today and so much exciting stuff. Go back and listen to that again. I know I am going to be. And, I mean, again, can't can't thank him enough. Can't thank you guys enough for listening this far and being a part of this. So very excited about this. And every every guest that I already have, I'm already booked out for the next two months I mean, it's amazing that the interest level that's that I'm getting, the feedback I'm getting from uh, the people that I'm bringing on this show. You know, if if you saw the list of people that I had coming on, you would you would just be as excited as I am about this. So, if you got something out of today's episode, first go ahead and subscribe and leave me a review on there. I'd love to have a five star review out of you, but I want the real, I want the raw from you. If you didn't think I deserved a five star, give me what you felt. I really deserved. Secondly, share this with somebody you know, whether that's a teammate, whether that is a coach, a parent, a friend of yours that's an athlete, whoever you think is going to benefit from listening to this show and is all about what we are about here at the Money Minded Athlete. That's how I grow. That's how we grow. And that's how we educate and inspire the rest of the athlete nation out there. So until next time, stay strong, keep going. And stay tuned.